not long ago, Tecla had uh, this uh, Tecla Global Beam Awards for 2020. These awards uh, showcases more than uh, 120 industry-leading beam construction projects from around the world. Today, we have the pleasure to see a presentation of uh, the best beam project and best infrastructure project awarded, which is Ranselva Bridge and uh, which has been designed by Sveco from Norway. Our guest is Øystein uh, Ulvesta, and uh, he is going to uh, tell us uh, some details uh, and show us a little bit uh, this bridge. Welcome, Øystein. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's always fun to talk about your own projects, and, uh, and I, uh, it, this project is very special for me, so uh, thanks for letting me talk about it. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, this is amazing. Um, I think it's very exciting to see more details about the project, not only the, the shell of it, but also some, uh, some things more detailed about this. So I'm really happy that you accepted my invitation and uh, I'm sure many people will, uh, will see this uh, very, very, uh, as a very nice uh, project and learn uh, many things from here. Thank you very much. Um, uh, it's you know the the bridge itself. It it's a huge bridge, but um, it's um, for Amandori, so the company that, that did the calculations. This is uh, this is business as usual. They've done uh, seventy bridges like this. Uh, but the special thing here is that uh, this is being built without drawings, and um, it's uh, a bridge this size has never been built before without drawings before so um so that's a special thing yeah that's uh, that's amazing yeah and uh, as we'll uh, talk about later too um we we won uh, the prize for for the best uh, bim uh, project in the world this year so that was that was a huge honor and then uh, you know when, when you've been working for a long time hard with something it's it's uh, it's a very valuable um definer that you did something right yes it's very fulfilling it's definitely very very fulfilling and uh, motivating for the future projects so i guess um without further ado we we uh, will uh, will start uh, presenting uh, a bit about the project and um and what we've done uh, what what uh, what is special about this way of working and and what works good and what does not work so well. Um, our first slide here, we see uh, pictures from site. This is uh, Rans Elva, um, about one hour outside Oslo in Norway. And the bridge is 634 meters long. Uh, on top, we see pictures uh, from, from about a month ago at site, and, and below is uh, parts of the, the BIM model. Um, so, what, what will we talk about? We'll, um, we'll talk about what's BIM, the history of drawingless projects, uh, the method that we are using, pros and cons of this way of working, and the status in, in Norway and, and uh, in the world of drawingless projects. So first, just to clarify, BIM and IFC, which are very important um, words in, in this uh, way of working. BIM, we say that whenever you model an object, a 3D object, if you ever 
attach information to that object, then you have a BIM model because then you can start sorting information uh, and uh, making filters in your model. So if I press this uh, this element of the, the pair um, will get up quite a lot of information here. We have 12 attributes that are specific attributes, and then we have 10 free attributes uh, that we that we can use as we want uh, ourselves. Uh, so here we have a curtain with E16 projects. We have one curtain for concrete information, and the rest of them are um, that that's things that are more or less exported from uh, Tecla or made in Solibri automatically. May I uh, ask you something uh, regarding yeah. this uh, property? Is this something that you agreed with the contractor, with the builder to have all this, or this has been required by the client? Um, the the Norwegian authorities, Vejdirektoratet, uh, have um, they have a set of parameters or attributes that they they uh, want us to include, and some of it has been uh, also agreed upon with the contractor. Okay, I understand. There's definitely room to to improve this, and and that's work that's all, that's being done as we speak uh, with Vejdirektoratet uh, in Norway. So we're trying to standardize this even more. Um, and there would be room for a lot other things like price or delivery date or uh, CO2 emissions. So there's, there's definitely things to, to, that could be included here. Well, the other thing is uh, IFC. Um, for people who don't know what IFC is, it's, it's like a PDF just in 3D. So you, it, uh, IFC contains... Um, a structure, a 3D structure with uh, attributes attached to it, uh, but it cannot be changed or overwritten. So it's like a, um, a freeze in time for a 3D model. Um, okay, just to talk a little bit about the, the huge changes that has been going on in, in, um, in the building industry. Um, there's slow, changes and then there's revolutions and i'd say that in my time as a, as a structural engineer i've seen three major revolutions one was when i started 3d modeling for me that happened 2003 and then 2017 it was two huge game changers uh, parametric design and model based design model based design uh, allows for drawingless projects and parametric design we'll we'll talk a bit about uh, that later but that's a set of rules that can be set up on a computer to to uh, assist um, design so um, this is trying to to show how we've been working um, in instructional engineering uh, for a very long time probably thousands of years we have been making uh, structure based on 2D drawings. And then the middle section here, we see uh, 3D models uh, being the basis for 2D drawings becoming a structure. And now uh, in Norway for the last 
uh, four, three, four years, we, we've now been building, eliminating drawings. So we're building directly from a 3D model. Uh, for Ansalva, that uh, could uh, look like this. Um, okay, so drawingless projects. The first drawingless projects we did uh, in Sveco was um, that's that's now uh, three four years ago. That was um, a piece of road, uh, 24 kilometers long, uh, near uh, the Olympic city of Lillehammer, uh, where we had about 40 structures, which looked like these. Some of them. Um, and they were all built without drawings. Uh, so we had to make a lot of the mythology there. Uh, but now we're over to Ranselva, which uh, in theory is very much similar, but, but it's uh, 10 times the length that we ever did before. So it's uh, a lot bigger than anything we've, we've done. And the complexity with uh, over 200 uh, tendons, pre-stressing tendons, and um, uh, and over uh, 200,000 rebars, uh, it's it's immensely more complicated. That's as we mentioned before near Hönefoss, and uh, as we also talked about, it was the winner of this year's uh, BIM Awards. So that was very nice. Um, okay, going over to mythology then. So what we do is that we use a modeling software. In our case, that's Tecla Structure, but it could be Revit or any other software. And then we export these files. Um, normally we separate into several files as we have a look at soon. Uh, and that becomes our BIM model. This BIM model is then the basis for a multidisciplinary control, a third-party control, the construction itself, and then later on operation and maintenance. When we do export, we build our, our BIM model in, in tech class we spoke about, and then we export it in several IFC files. Uh, so for example, abutment axis one is um, uh, is one IFC file with with a form. The backfilling is one file. The information tags is one. Uh, axis is one, and reinforcement is one. Why this? If I may ask, why, why are you splitting the model uh, in different in more IFC files? Uh, the the reason uh, there are several reasons, but the main reason is that when you're building this or controlling this, you you don't need all the information at once. You need the you need the information of what you're going to build today, or at twelve o'clock today, and and uh, so so to make sorting of information easier, this is a, we found this is a good way of doing it. Uh, also, um, file size is one uh, one issue. The, the file sizes get very, very uh, large very quickly. And, uh, and lastly, there are, if, if you divide it like this, um, you have less errors in exporting because if you, for example, want to export reinforcement, 
if that's attached to a concrete part, uh, you sometimes have some some errors. So we found this 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 way of exporting solves all of those problems. I see. And then you collect these files in in Solibri or in Navisworks or in uh, Trimble Connect or whatever software you want to use, and and that's um, that will then become what we define as our BIM model. Um, so if we have a look at multidisciplinary control, this is a software uh, called Smart that's Deco developed, but uh, there are several others that that um, look quite like it. I will see here if we can make this. Um... Was this it's a software uh, installed software or it's in the browser? It's an application. Yeah, this is an um, uh, online uh, software, so you don't have to install anything. Okay, web application then. Yeah, and it's connected also to a, a database. So uh, if you want to store information about uh, issues um, in the model, then, then that's also stored in a database. So this is the same uh, bridge. Um, so we can then zoom in here and see backfilling. Um, model browser so here are the different files that that uh, that's contained in the in the model and i can turn them on and off or i could do um a section oh this looks like something that has been built with forge from autodesk if i'm not mistaken yeah that's probably right the interface yeah this is not my uh my my level of comfort uh, of of knowledge here is is limited, but um, it is very helpful when it comes to interdisciplinary control, whether that be geotechnics or or um, in this project we don't have all that many other disciplines, but yeah. if you have pipes in the ground or or you know it's, uh, things get complicated very quickly, and. Here we're also able to, um, yeah. So if I want to track an issue here, I can say what category it is, what area it's in, what discipline needs to solve it, priority, and a date, and then an email is sent and a, a issue is tracked. Then. So then we're over to third-party control. And that's being done mostly in, in uh, Solibri. So here we see a Solibri model of the superstructure, um, or one third of the superstructure. Uh, here again, we can see the different axes, uh, the reinforcement, the form, the information, and the attendant geometry. Uh, in the different IFC files, and and this then is is combined into this part of the BIM model. And for communication with third-party control and quality assurance uh, internally, we we use uh, this uh, issue tracking in Solibri, which can be exported as PCF files. Yeah. So here we have different comments of 
of elements that needs to be changed or has been changed and then a status of whether they are closed or not yeah so then we have our construction part the model is used to for four main purposes one is earthworks and digging and and um, backfilling the second one is is uh, pouring concrete and scaffolding uh, the third one is third party products that's cast into the model and four is uh, reinforcement can i ask you a little bit something about the regarding the formwork yeah sure have you generated formwork uh, as well we we could do but uh, since that's not part of our scope here we yeah. we have not but uh, what we do is that we either send uh, ifc files or or native ECLA files or DVG to the companies that that's doing the formwork so that they they are basing their design on on our model yeah sure thank you so at site this work uh, would look a bit like this and to say something about what's hard and what's not so hard um earthworks and scaffolding uh, coordinates for that is is uh, e quite easy and third party uh, products and casting them in is is the hardest part and then you you got your reinforcement that is kind of of semi hard and and we'll get back to this later yeah so machine control from 3d models for excavators and uh, and um uh, machines at site has been on for many years, so so that's business as usual. Uh, coordinates from the model is is quite uh, straightforward to to uh, to withdraw that either points or lines or surfaces. So the when you export from uh, from Tecla to IFC, let's say, so you export it in the global coordinates. Yeah. Okay. Again, the third-party products is a bit harder because you oh you don't always have companies that that knows how to do three D models or read three D models. So, so sometimes you need the way around uh, basic drawings here, but we we definitely try to avoid that. And then at the end, you got your three uh, D reinforcement that's being transferred to. Uh, reinforcement at site how do you do that do you use any specific tool or you just how, how do do uh, people that uh, are putting the the reinforcement in place what information they get from the model how do they get it the bar bending schedules that's that's exported directly from tecla so if it's modeled correctly in tecla yeah. then you don't have to make that manually then it's it's exported and produced as um as shown in the model yeah but i mean i mean like uh, i don't mean about how uh, how you bend the bars but where to place them uh, exactly um and as we see here people are uh, we have these bim kiosks but we also have tablets yeah um and a tablet could for example the 
BIM responsible persons at site will uh, will make views. Uh, for example, this is a, a view that that would be sort of the start view of your task today. But what software has made uh, you do you use for this? There's many softwares, but uh, Solibri or, or Trimble Connect would be two two that you can use. I believe this is taken from Solibri. Oh, Solibri can generate this as well. Okay, that's interesting. And then um, if you have questions, you know, you can start rotating your view like this. You can start uh, pressing the rebars to, to get more information. Um, you can enlarge your view so you see further up and further down. Um, so here, first you want to limit your information and then whether you want, if you need more information, you can start adding more information to your views. So ultimately, you know, you can see the whole model if you would want to, but yeah. but maybe that wouldn't be very wise if you were doing <laughs> only only the parts of the pier that day. Definitely. And then, in you know, worst case, uh, these can be laminated and uh, and and printed on paper and laminated if if uh, weather conditions doesn't allow anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really nice. Uh, I was wondering how how do you use this? Uh, so so this is exactly how like just think about how easy it is to generate these views instead of just creating drawings. Definitely and. We'll get back to that as well. But uh, the good thing is, if I do a change in my model, and if I push that to a server, and they uh, and and uh, the builder in this case PNC uh, uploads that, every worker has an updated model in in half a minute. So wow. you're not stuck with old revisions. So that's that's one thing, and then also. What this makes us able to do is that we we mark every pore face with different uh, position numbers. Uh -huh. uh, if you if you were doing a manual uh, rebar list, uh, uh, that that would take endless amount of time. If you if you were to have unique bar bending lists, but um, uh, but this way, you know, you can divide your rebars. Uh, a lot better and uh, so that uh, you know you can pinpoint your rebars um, a lot more precisely yeah uh, regarding this pore facing uh, do you get this information from the contractor or it's you who decided uh, on this uh, uh, on this bridge it's uh, it's been a discussion between people calculating and us and um, and the pnc building them yeah. Uh, building the bridge um, so that we we try to uh, we find good solutions that will fit their way of producing and and manufacturing at site and also it has to fulfill some calculation criteria. That makes perfectly sense. Now this 3D model also lets us uh, do some other uh, cool things like uh, use uh, Trimble uh, site vision. Um, this device uh, makes you sort of see holograms at site. So top left, we see a half see-through column where that's going to be casted. So you can 
control whether the foundation and um, the rebar sticking up of the foundation is is at the correct place. Um, on the bottom right, we see parts of the first rebars to be um, installed and see, um, so, so you can plan ahead and see potential problems a lot earlier than you did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, augmented reality, it's amazing. In some ways, it's it's cool, but not useful. But in other ways, it's becoming very useful as well. We're still in early experimentation phase here, so we'll probably find other good ways of using this um, in the in the months and years to come. But but for now, it's it's still already now quite useful in many ways. This is a slide showing a little bit about how easy it is then to to uh, order enforcement for only parts of the structure. So we modeled uh, a pier with a foundation, and then I filter out into Libri only the foundation, uh, for example, based on on uh, poor stage or prefixes, and then I export that. So for people at site, it's a lot easier to order just the reinforcement you need, um, like like more of a just-in-time principle. Yeah. Okay, so when we talk about the cons of this way of working, we here see a picture. The top one is, uh, of course, the model. And the bottom one is, is how it's being built at site. And and most of these 200,000 rebars can be moved uh, sideways or up and down um, a couple of millimeters and, and sometimes centimeters too without any problems. But some of the rebars need to be exactly where we want them to be. For example, the green stirrups here. Yeah. And on the picture um, from site, we see that that stirrup is, is mounted uh, quite uh, a lot longer further out uh, away from the, the the tendon head yeah and and that had to be changed because um tolerances were too big and and that's uh that's hard in a model um showing what can what, what's flexible and what is not yeah, would be possible. I guess it's possible. Wouldn't be uh, just easy to put a, a note exactly like where you had the custom fields. You can make a note there and maybe uh, have a, a way to highlight that. Uh, that would be helpful. That like uh, a warning sign or something in Solibri or uh, in the IFC model. Like, yeah, this is something very important or something. I, I think it shouldn't be very difficult. No, no, and I agree. Um, the thing is that every bar has uh, at least then 20, 23 pieces of information, uh, 23 attributes attached to it. And getting the people at site to read all those 23 attributes, uh, it's that, that can be challenging. So what we found is that we normally want to color code them Exactly. Uh, in a special color or something like that, uh, but but then again, this is uh, definitely can be Im improved. Yeah, it must be possible. Like like I said, like uh, to to find a way to to highlight these elements 
in uh, in the model and uh, even if you have so many attributes but find a way to to get them in in your focus like here you must pay extra attention or caution you must be extra extra cautious with that specific thing or something yeah definitely another thing is how um whenever you add objects to your model that can be uh, marked pretty easily but if you removed anything from your model uh, like like i tried to remove this uh, <laughs> die die yeah then then it's a lot harder to um, to communicate that in a model and we've solved that by by adding um, a, a revision log that's uh, that's uh, traceable in the model show you an example of that uh, later so if we so here we again we have the same model and if i want to see our revision log i press this and here's a link to the revision log aha uh -huh. interesting revision log then is readable here uh-huh so this is a easy way of attaching documents to uh, your uh, model. Uh, we also have a link to to BIM models and um, to uh, well an overview drawing that's required from the government, uh, and also these different information tags are then uh, links to, to different kind of documents. Going back to our model uh, or, or a list of, of cons, um, flexible design is hard to achieve in a model. In, in a drawing, you can say that these uh, concrete piles, that they should be adjusted so that they go down to bedrock and one meter down but in a model like this you you need to choose a level to model it to so it's it's harder to sort of um, communicate that this is a flexible design mm -hmm. another thing is um ifc archives where are IFC files stored? Are they stored online? Um, how do the digital digital links work in, in the future? And uh, can any software read IFC files in 50 years? CDE, common data environment for uh, like uh, to have control on, uh, on the versions, right? Yeah, no, I, um, I'm, I'm not too worried about this, but, but still it, it needs to be addressed. If we have a look at the, the, the pros of, of drawing less design, one of them is that uh, your design is up and running a lot earlier than, than when you made drawings. So, so you can compare them and class check them towards other disciplines faster than you could earlier. The cost of design change then is a lot lower and your ability to impact cost and performance is increased. Another thing, I don't know if this is the pro or a con, but if you do um, a drawing of reinforcement in a pier, for example, it, it it can look something like what we see in the bottom right corner. 
um, and that's valid for all of these sections. While the reinforcement that is being modeled, that needs to be controlled in all of these sections uh, one at a time to be sure that, that your design is valid. Uh, so you get a very thorough control, but your data needs to be structured so that the control be, can be done effectively. Yeah. Uh, another thing is uh, cross-country work. Now, this is uh, the locations of the design team at Ronsalva. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there are beautiful faces. <laughs> the, uh, what we want to show with this slide is that uh, drawings are very country-specific. So if you want people from another country to help you with the bridge project, you first got to teach them what a drawing looks like in Norway. Uh, while a 3D model is much more um, international, so it's a lot easier for cross-country work to to um, to function. And with these cloud-based um, uh, solutions, for example, Tecla has uh, model sharing uh, that's cloud-based, and and I'm sure Revit does as well. This um, this way of working uh, is a lot easier than uh, than it used to. Also, your software independent. Uh, the top one is, is uh, IFC from a Revit file. The bottom one is uh, an IFC export from a Tecla uh, project or a Tecla file. Yeah. And uh, in, in your viewer, if you add the same attributes, they, they look nearly identical. Uh, as we talked about change and revisions, uh, it, it takes a lot shorter time to do these changes. Uh, one thing is that changing reinforcement is in, in a 3D software like Tecla is a lot easier than changing uh, a reinforcement drawing. Yes. Also, when you don't need to, to print new drawings, you can push revisions a lot easier. And what we'll see later too is, is how this affects um, parametric design, how, how this affects uh, our time consumption. Yeah, and something else important about revisions is that uh, with models, it's less uh, error prone. Like with drawings, uh, it's easier to make errors that can be uh, can cannot be spotted by uh, by checking them always. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, and as you mentioned, the understanding scope of work becomes a lot better with the three model. Yeah. This drawing and the 3D view shows the same area, but uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone would agree that the complexity of the task is, is a lot better shown <laughs> in the 3D picture. And when you even can start rotating this, uh, it's it's uh, quite uh, quite uh, progress in in understanding scope of work. Again, showing the value and power of uh, parametric design. If we have our road lines, we define a, an amount of, of points here. 
and then we set up rules for the computer to to make this um this form based on on road lines so here we have our form we make our mesh and then we have our surface in tecla based on parametric design and then you can parameterize these so that if you want to change um different heights you can do that and there's more or less no limit to what you can achieve doing this so but what is that on the right side it's an integration from grasshopper or it's something inside tecla it's it's a live link from grasshopper rhino to tecla okay but it's grasshopper it's not something uh, built in uh, in tecla tecla structures correct okay and um and we've used this extensively on Ranselva, and I'll I'll show you soon. How much time from the total time of uh, the design it takes you to get to a very basic uh, starting version where you can uh, just uh, play a little bit with uh, different uh, things and go to different uh, aspects of, of the project? If you know um, if you know um, Tecla and and Grasshopper well, it it takes you you know an hour. Um, and oh. the good thing if if you're structured with your scripts, um, you you can reuse them. So if we have a look at Ranselva, we made about ninety five percent of the piles with parametric design but 70% of the concrete, 70% of the reinforcement, 98% of the tendons, and 75% of the details, all based on parametric design. So, at least in theory, this means that if we were to change the road line quite late in the project, uh, if you were to making drawings, that would that would be nearly starting all over again. Yeah, <laughs> you would cry yourself to sleep for for months. Um, but with parametric design, again, in theory at least, uh, you could get away with only one fourth of of the work, uh, maybe if, if things were changed. And Another good thing is that this can be reused for the next project. So if we have something similar, I'm I'm sure we could reuse uh, at least half of the scripts we we used here. So so then your uh, time savings is quite uh, quite large in the end. And then of course with the um detailed 3d model you can start using it to uh to make uh, digital visitor centers uh, like like we've made for ranselva where you for example can again now this is just pictures but but the live walking around in the model you know you can you can start having a look at sound effects and and you yeah. can have a look at uh, what the scenery looks like in winter time or or at night with for example a vr glasses yeah. Now, some of the well, I I guess the most important thing is how does this affect price and um, 
and and the way we we work uh, with limiting errors and, and mistakes. Now, this looking at this, this is a traditional way of working where drawings are a basis for your design. So, so the yellow is symbolizing drawings. Yeah. And the hours spent uh, for a consultant making drawings. Our second line is is the the contractor. And and you have a light blue period here of uh, of the contractor taking drawings and adjusting them to their way of working, and then then they'll spend a certain amount of hours using or producing this structure. The bottom line, that's a budget for the project owner. And in Norway, traditionally, that is uh, the road authorities, uh, Statens Vajvesen, and now lately, Nye Vajer. And they have quite good data saying that they would have 19% increase in cost due to, to uh, design changes um, due to errors or, or unforeseen things and mistakes. Now, with when they started demanding BIM models uh, as a basis for drawings. And there were a shift in, in how many hours we spent, because then you have to build a 3D model first, and that becomes a, a basis for your 2D drawings. So contractors were spending more time, no, sorry, consultants were spending more time making drawings. The uh, people building were spending uh, the same amount of, of time adjusting these drawings so they were their way of working. But normally building it would take a little bit less time because you um, because you have less errors in your design. And this was also shown in in um, the Norwegian Road Authorities' uh, numbers suggesting that this budget uh, increase was now 8% instead of 19%. So now we're here. That's some money there, quite a lot. Yeah. Now we are still spending more time than we did using 2D drawings. So for us, there's no obvious benefit, but uh, we see that at least the limited numbers we have so far suggests that the contractor use a bit more time adjusting the BIM models to their way of working, but when they start building, they spend less time and have fewer mistakes than they did earlier. Um, and again, we don't have any good numbers yet, but uh, the temporary numbers we have suggest that uh, these 8% has, has decreased to an even lower number. Oh, okay. And of course, if you see the project cost overall if you if you limit this by only one percent even then then the extra time we're using making these extremely uh, large and and complicated bim models is uh, is already worth it and then uh, maybe 10 times fold yeah and uh, we did not even talk about uh, operation for maintenance yeah correct and uh, a good model would be a huge advantage for them as well exactly 
it's much bet, uh, better uh, data quality. Yeah, definitely. So that brings me to, um, to the end of uh, the, the talk. Um, anyone that wanna um, interested in, in following the Ranselva project can uh, go on LinkedIn and, and find Einstein Ulvestad. I try to post things regularly there. And uh, yeah, maybe we could, I don't know if, if this is um, of value. If we have a look at what we're good at and not so good at in Norway and also internationally. Yeah. So what we want to do with Strongless Design is that we want to have a cost reduction. We want to have faster implementation, lower emissions and better products. And to achieve that, we need a digital worksite. We need digital twins. We need a common digital platform. We need standardization. We need human resource development and benefits realization. And to say a little bit about what we're good and not so good at, I think this is more or less summarizes it. Mm -hmm. At least in Norway, we're quite good with digital worksite and digital twins. Standardization and common digital platforms where there's a long way to go. And human resource development and benefit realization is slowly getting there. So, so there's definitely a lot of, of things to improve. But we're still at a point where the benefits of this way of working um, is larger than 2D drawings. So um, already I, I'd say there's, there's no way back for us. Yeah, that's so exciting and uh, so nice to hear. Uh, and uh, um, I really hope that uh, this will become more and more obvious for other places around the, the world as well. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any other upcoming projects you, you are going to design as well uh, with this method? We are looking at uh, one bridge. I, uh, I cannot name it uh, as, uh, as we're still working on it, but uh, it has a very similar size and shape. And, um, and our goal is to save about 25% uh, of the hours spent uh, you making Ranselva. Of course, because you improved yourself as well. If this was, uh, you used many new uh, things here, right? And now you can, uh, you, you, your team uh, become much, uh, much better and you got experience, like, of course. And, and um, I also need to, um, to mention uh, Armandorito and PNC that, that worked together with us on, on this project. Both companies have been extremely flexible in adjusting this new way of, of working and uh, and they come up with some ingenious new ways of using in the models that that we haven't thought about ourselves so uh, it's been a, a pleasure to work with with the very very talented and, uh, and also very innovative people there that's so nice to hear this is definitely something uh, at the cornerstone for the success of on every project like if you have the willingness to collaborate and work together for the sake of uh, and the best outcome of the project then uh, beautiful things are going to happen of course and you yeah. you will you will uh, remember and be glad that you had uh, this kind of uh, team 
for for the project definitely yeah well Einstein, thank you very much it was really nice and uh, i hope uh, that uh, many people will see and get inspired by this thank you petra it's uh, it's been a pleasure uh, presenting and and, uh, and talking to you so uh I hope to uh, I hope to be on the show again soon. <laughs> yeah, of course. When when you you're done with your next project, you are well most welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you.